0: hello and welcome to open all's ours the qpr podcast my name is flo lloyd hughes we are without david fraser and paul finney and clive whittingham tonight but we are joined by mr chris charles who is sipping a pint in his bedroom as always
1: <laughs> i don't always sit pints in my bedroom but i and i didn't have one last week but i thought for i have actually tried to make it a bit better with a playoff final flag but it's just it's not working it keeps falling down over my, and my daughter's knocking on the wall behind me but apart from that it's all it's all dandy
0: it's the classic uh, work from home covid lockdown situation it's yeah, banarchy, it is.
1: isn't it yeah yeah basically cuz uh, it's just I'm sure a lot of people know this, but once once the, the kids are in and they're, they're like trying to tell a teenager to get off the sofa in the front room when she's been plonked on there for two hours, is is just like you're fighting a losing battle. So I just retreat to the bedroom and uh, <laughs> know my place basically.
0: And we also have a, a pod regular. It's his first appearance of the season, but it didn't take long to get him on. Ian McCullough, who is now working for West London Sport as well. Ian,
2: I am just doing a bit for. Uh... Dave McIntyre at the moment. Um, yeah, busy day yesterday with all the transfer deadline stuff. So, um, yeah, change your scenery, change your role. So, yeah, looking forward to it.
0: And are you covering QPR at all? or?
2: Um, not too sure, yet. Yeah. It's all bit in the air with um, you know, the COVID stuff and what have you. So, uh, yeah, whatever they throw at me, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up. But uh, I, I'd rather not, to be brutally honest, because I still feel myself more of a fan. About to and on a journalist but um you know not being able to go to matches it kind of changes everything so we'll, we'll see
0: yeah and I can speak from experience that it just makes everything like doubly as disappointing and depressing um <laughs> so um yeah a busy week um you mentioned the transfer deadline day Ian and actually um, we were pretty busy yesterday with two big signings that pretty much everyone knew was coming um, but still enjoyable to see them arrive Um, and that was Albert Adoma and Chris Willick who comes from a a good um, family of footballers, obviously younger brother of Joe and and Matt as well who plays at Gillingham, so what's everyone's assessment of those two signings of which were expected, one one alone I believe that um, Chris is only alone and, and Albert who Left
2: Forest because he'd fallen out of favour with them. So thoughts on that? Can we go first? Um, well, Chris is definitely a signing. They paid for him. He's not alone. Oh,
0: okay. He's not alone.
2: Okay. Yeah. No, they they have. Um, um, yeah. I mean, Albert Adoma's has won the PR award, hasn't he? Straight away, before even kicking a ball, he's a fan favourite. And um, yeah, I mean, he always plays well against us, and he's obviously a big QPR fan. And um, you know, he's he's going to be 33 next month, but. You know, in football terms, he's probably a young 33. He didn't become a pro until he was 23, so um, there's still a bit of tread on the tyres, so to speak. So uh, yeah, I think it's a good signing. Um, adds a bit more to us going forward. And um, Chris Willock, yeah, he's got good pedigree coming through at Arsenal and I spell at Benfica, where um, although he didn't play first team for either side, he's kind of um, you know he's had a good grounding. And obviously Neil Banfield knows him very well. Warburton's assistant. Uh, a friend of mine is a Huddersfield fan and uh, he said he didn't see that much of him last year, but what he did, they did see of him was that uh, someone who works very hard, um, likes to take on players, uh, a little bit lightweight is one of the things he did say, but um, yeah, he reckons he'd be quite a good signing for us. So uh, yeah, hopefully he can uh, hit the ground running, both players, they can both hit the ground running when they uh, finally get the chance to play.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're, they're both decent signings. Warburton clearly. Not changing is we'll try and score one more. The new philosophy, um, I'd I'd say of all of all the positions, I would thought we we maybe try and get one more defender in. But you know we might get someone in on loan. But I, I think at the moment I don't know why we just don't go rush goalie and be done with it because it's it, it's certainly going to be fun. I think again, <clears throat> but all jokes aside, I think Adomo. I don't think there's anything not to like about that. He's um he's clearly going to play for the shirt. I mean he, he looked like the lottery numbers had come up during that interview, and and uh, <clears throat> I think defy any Rangers fan watching that not to get a little goosebumps. Um, it, 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 it's sort of uh, where Lee, Lee Cooks actually just sent me a, <laughs> a, for, for long winded reasons but he couldn't get on the, on the zoom call so he's just sent me a little whatsapp message about what he thinks so I'll play that in in a minute but yeah playing for the club you support must be must be incredible um, and, and yeah I think you know, like you said he's 33 but he's still very pacey. I think he's, he had like a one in five ratio before he went to Forest. I think he got three in 24 something there. Um, and like you say, he's always played well against us. And, and I think every time he's played against us, everyone's been moaning, saying, God, why can't he come and join the Rangers? And I'm guessing wages. I don't know what the situation is. I assume he's taken a wage cut from um, what he was earning at, at, at Forest. Um and yeah, as for, as for Willow, I again, I don't know that much about him, but he scored two crucial goals for Huddersfield like in the um, the relegation running, if you like, because I think he scored against West Brom, I seem to remember, and there was another important goal he scored, which essentially helped to keep him up. Um, and yeah, I, to be honest, I thought with those two coming in, I thought that Bright would almost certainly be be going out, but that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment.
2: I yeah, I mean, he's got another two there's another two weeks of the window open to uh yeah,
1: but he can't I mean correct me on this, but he can't is it is it so who is left in the window if you like? That's the So this one.
0: this is domestic window, uh it is still open. The one that closed yesterday is the European one, which is why it's kind of not that relevant for us. The the Chris Willick one obviously being the most relevant for us. But yeah, broadly speaking, any domestic stuff can still continue.
2: Yeah, until 5 pm on uh, Friday week, the Friday before, after the international break. So, okay. uh, it, it, there's plenty of times for Bright's um, management to walk him around to uh, someone else that wants to sign him.
1: Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. Quite, I mean, having said that, I mean, he seems to be knuckling down and, you know, he's obviously, he, he, you know, after lockdown, you know, the, the, the first time and the first couple of games this season, he didn't really, it seemed to be a little bit off the pace, but he seems to be, almost back to his old self again now. And there's no um, no chance of him, you know, like, you know, down in tools and, and not playing for the shirt. And I'm, I, I I bored everyone to death with Manning. But um, again, he didn't move. Uh, have you got any inside knowledge on that, Ian, as to why he's not playing and, and, and why Bright is?
2: Yeah, I don't. Um, as far as I'm aware, Manning has changed agents. Right. And I'm not privy to, you know, I mean, Warburton's reasoning for picking one or not the other has been very kind of woolly, to say the least. Isn't He hasn't really, he hasn't really said, but you, you'd have to think that, I mean, looking at it from a cynical point of view, who's more likely to win you a game? You know, yeah. probably White Bright is playing. And, you know, I know that um, you know, Bright's people that look after him have been very trying to put his name out there, trying to get him a move. You know, as strongly as possible. Whereas um, I don't think that has been the case so much with Manning. Um, however, there is, I think, from what I've been hearing, um, Manning seems to think that West Ham really want to sign him on the fact that he, he played pretty well in the second half against Millwall late last season when David Moyes was in in the stands. And I think there is stories in the papers that you know. He sees him as a low risk signing kind of thing. I think he's just kind of keeping his powder dry. But um, I mean, really, uh, uh, my own opinion, I think why would you not sign a contract? Sign the contract, take the pay rise. What if you get an injury in training? You're out for nine months. Yeah. Just sign the contract. And if you get the move, you I mean the club have been kind of saying to the players, Well, we won't stand in your way if an offer comes in. We did it with Luke Freeman, we did it with Ezy. You know, why would you not sign the sign the contract, take, take the pay rise. You know, and everyone can kind of look ahead and fill for next season. But um it does it's the two
1: guys they signed yesterday,
2: you have to think really that, you know, they are covering themselves in case Bright does does go last minute.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly what it looked like to me. Um I mean I think as we know, it's the agents who hold all the power. I mean you don't you can't second guess what the player maybe, you know, Manning um does want to play for us and he's he's, you know he's he's frustrated that he's not and like i said last week you know he played for the under 23s and he's certainly not shirking there so um yeah it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the next couple of weeks i must admit all the all the stuff going on with the transfer window i was like a bit in the dark as to to exactly what what was going on because there was a big thing about transfer deadline day yesterday and then oh no, it's it's only uh, it's actually in two weeks' time, but I'm glad you've cleared that up.
0: It's because it's because the EFL isn't glamorous, so that would be why <laughs> we're not we're not the glamour well, ones, but
1: well, Premier League clubs
2: can still sign players from yeah, they can well. still
0: they can still pull pull up basically. So yeah, but that will, will still continue, which but I, I agree, and I think you know, Manny money doesn't hold as many cards as Bright does when it comes down to it, so he's risking a lot more by going down this route and who knows well whether or not it will pay off but yeah I mean Albert Domer is someone who I've always really liked and every single time he came up as a potential option I always wanted to put QPR in the in the kind of frame for that but obviously yeah he's always been on pretty high wages wherever he's been because he's been at big clubs that were pushing for promotion and given the the current wage structure at QPR and what Les and Leah doing. He has would have had to take a significant pay cut, and I hope that it does work out. I hope it's not just going to be this sort of like nice story about a fan who gets to play, who you know had had a great couple of seasons in the AFL and it's not and he's not and going to going to be a bit of a kind of doesn't really do much sort of player. Obviously, you guys mentioned his age and everything, but another another signing also that kind of fell in between podcasts was M- Macaulay Bond who um obviously signed from Charlton, uh was, was big, big part of Leighton Orient's promotion a couple of seasons ago and scored on his debut. And maybe that's a way to segue into um into the Sheffield Wednesday chat. But but what do we think about that signing? Seems like a fairly shrewd smart move from uh, from Ferdinand and who's that one
2: uh yeah again not a player I know a great deal about um I mean, I saw a YouTube clip of the goals he scored for Charlton last year after we did sign him, and he looks very, very direct, very quick, and um, scored some, you know, some very good goals. From what like I could see, one in particular against Bristol City, where he just kind of outstripped their defence and uh, put one in from the edge of the box. So yeah, I mean, dream start for him, really. Come on, you know, scoring your debut, every striker wants that. And You know, you, you kind of think, you know, had Conor Washington done that on his debut, maybe things would been very different. You know, so to get that monkey up your back in you know in your first half an hour in the shirt, it's a you know great start for him, and it was a good header as well. So um, yeah, I think it takes the pressure off Dykes a bit up front as well. And um, I mean, just you know, you look at the goals we had last year; that have been taken out the side. I mean, yeah, the obvious ones were Hugo and um, and Eze, but then you throw in Grant Hall, you got five. Um, Manning got four or five. You know, even Mark Hughes, a couple. So, you know, there's a lot of goals gone from that team. So, you know, that's probably another reason why they needed to kind of bring in the likes of Godoma, you Godoma know, and Bon, just because, you know, if you're going to let them in. You need to be scoring more than the other team. <laughs> Orange hole. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think we already saw on, on Saturday a bit of that over-reliance on Dykes. And when he's going to be swamped by three players and kind of triple team like that, you need another option because he wasn't, particularly effective on the weekend so I think bringing Bon in and, and bringing some more attacking players works quite well. Chris, before we fully move into the Wednesday segment of the pod yeah. do you want to share with us the um, the thoughts mm-hmm. of, of Lee Cook on what it's like signing for, for your boyhood club?
3: Hi Chris, hi guys, whoever's on the call <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit mad this day and age so I've had to do this via a voice note but I um yeah just a quick one on obviously um albert signing a a qpr fan born and bred um i've been asked my feelings of how i felt when i made my debut i was 19 years old so you can imagine how excited i was as a a young up-and-coming pro um it was just you know amazing family in tears in the stand it was against brentford as well Um, all i would say to him is just enjoy enjoy every second you're out on that pitch because it goes so fast Um, he's obviously wanted to come to rangers for his whole career but he's now got the opportunity to go and and show his stuff and you know he's got a great set of supporters to do it in front of Um, and just enjoy it mate Um, you know they're going to be on your side as long as you work hard which i know you will um that'll be they will be behind you mate so enjoy every minute enjoy every minute of training fantastic football club we've also signed willock which is a good signing um i think it gives us something different um i watched the game saturday i thought it was a little bit flat with these two coming in um hopefully it gives um dykes up front a bit a bit of more um supply he looked a bit you know we sort of lost up there on saturday with not getting any service he he was he was working hard but you know he he needs something to feed off so hopefully these um these two coming in give us a bit more attacking options and um yeah, I'm sure they'll both be decent signings for us. So, onwards and upwards, come on, you ours.
0: So, Chris, thoughts of um, Lee Cook? There, we've had him on the pod before as well. He he mentioned a lot about fans. Obviously, it's looking more and more unlikely that fans are going to get in anytime soon. But obviously, you can hear in his voice how special it was for him. And hopefully, Albert Doma will get some of that energy as well. No well, matter
1: how it will be? Oh, sorry, Flo. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I interrupted your flow. Um, <clears throat> pardon the pun. <clears throat> no, I thought that was, I mean, what he said there about um, making his debut against Brentford, his family in the stand, all in tears. I mean, I, I, just just that is, I mean, you know, amazing what it can play for your the, the team you support, it just must be incredible. And But Adoma, like I said, he sounded like he won the lottery when he was in the interview. So God knows what he'd be like when he scores a goal or he's actually out in front of some fans. But well, I do hope that with the fans, because they're letting, I, I just, I'm not going to get political because I don't think this is the place to do it, but I don't understand why they're letting people into cinemas and yet you can't like get um, a quarter of the crowd into the ground outside. Do you know what I mean? Um, because it would be great. Can you imagine making your debut for the boy, the team you've ever, always supported and there's not, not actually any fans there? Takes the edge off it slightly. But I also, I think, yeah, a lot of people said that Dykes, yeah, it's very. Yeah, I, very difficult to judge him on that particular game. So I thought you would think he's been decent, but yeah, he was maybe a bit isolated um, on Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, maybe get did, didn't get enough service to stick it away, but then Bond came on and, and did the business. But overall, I agree with Lee. I think two good signings. I don't think there's a lot of risk in those. Uh, and, and, and hopefully um, it will be a positive um, outcome for both.
0: Ian, what was your assessment of Saturday? I know I had a, uh, I personally thought that QPR, were, well, both teams were pretty crap, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and um, neither, of, I mean, Chair had that they hit the post, but apart from that, I thought both teams looked pretty terrible, and I'm also yet to see a decent team in the Championship this season. So I thought Point was a fair result. I, I kind of thought going into it was going to be nil-nil, but I know lots of other people thought that potentially we could have come away with the win. What were your thoughts?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, conditions the, the no crowd it's a, it, i mean it wasn't an easy game the good football to be played i think with the wind and the heavy pitch and you know the lack of atmosphere in a big stadium like that it must be you know it's never going to be a classic it, it's really you know how one goal can change the whole complexion of a, a game in a weekend and how you feel about the team going into an international break because you know all of us have seen numerous trips up north Plate crap don't create much and walk away to a from the one nil defeat to a team that don't have nothing special either. So it's actually very refreshing to kind of see just pop up and score one in the ninety six minute, you know, always always good to score later on a nick of point. Um I thought I mean I thought actually defensively we looked the best we've looked for some time actually. I thought you know, they obviously targeted you, you know our, our um, difficulties we've, we've shown this season, set pieces with you know Patterson his long throws and that. But I, I thought we dealt with them very well. I, mean, I thought Dickie and particularly had a really good game. But um, I think a lot of it comes from the keeper, to be honest. He looked confident. He came out and punched. He came out and cleared. And you know the two matches he hasn't really had that much to do in terms of making a save. But he just looked big and confident. He kicked well. He, he claimed crosses well and yeah he, he honestly he looks an upgrade from the two other keepers we've had and i think you know really he's he's, he's you know the shirts he has now to keep
0: yeah it yeah. seems that it seems that way doesn't it and i think that was probably one of the one of the positives from these last two games of which neither have been particularly memorable is potentially finally building a bit and also he's got to work with the, the his defenders as well which he you know they're all sort of new to each other mm. Rob Dickey had a had a good game kind of stats wise which is which is a boost he looked a bit more commanding and a bit more of maybe what we expected from him and maybe he's taking a bit more within that back four now Chris you wanted to jump in
1: yeah well I, I, full disclosure first of all I didn't see um, the match live um I was actually in the pub and uh, I live in North London so unsurprisingly they didn't they didn't uh, feature that on the big screen anywhere um but yeah i I, I was sort of following it on Love for words getting updates from here and there from from mates so I have seen the highlights since but yeah I you basically by the by the time he scored I was in the garden sulking uh, the pub the beer garden and yeah like yeah no hope. And then my mate Scott from America texted me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird one when you're in when you're in England for and, and your mate from you have to rely on your mate from America to tell you the score. Um, and yeah, I basically uh, jumped up in the big garden, uh, hands in the air, shouting yes. And, and it was full of people. <laughs> I didn't full of people I didn't know. So that was probably a little bit weird. Um, but yeah, I, I, exactly what you said. In I mean that that changed the whole complexion. I was about to go. About to trudge home. I mean, OK, it's not completely ruined my weekend, but it's going to put you in a bit of a grump for the rest of the day. Um, I, I, and, yeah, I was—I I basically skipped back home. And, you know, I might have had something to do with the four pints. But, yeah, I was, it was it was absolutely always,
0: Four pints does always help lift
1: the mood, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Lift the spirits. But a, a goal in the 96th minute, which is the last kick of the game. And I sort of ran in to see that the... the um, the, the, the video printer as they used to call it in the old days uh, on the on the um on Sky and it and it basically said goal Sheffield Wednesday and the next uh, goal QPR and the next the next line was full time QPR yeah. so it li- must literally been the last kick of the game which is yeah. probably the most satisfying way to win a point and the old cliche is it feels like a win and yeah it really did but I mean, yeah. that's
0: what's even more gutting is that, that you can imagine the scenes for the fans that would have been there at yeah. Hillsborough and yeah. how amazing and equaliser that would have been. Like those sorts of away days are some of the most memorable, like you said, Ian. And yeah, it's just a little bit of gutting really.
2: I think it would have been in front. I think I think it would have been in front of the away end as well. I think it there yeah, yeah. laying in. I've been at Hillsborough for a long time actually. So I'm assuming fans are still in that end of the ground. But um but yeah it's a very un QPR like point really. Um, we didn't play great neither did they and yeah, hit the bar about a minute before we scored. Um, so, you know, it could have been all over, you know, a minute earlier, but then we get any other end. And really, to be honest, Cameron hit the post in the first half and didn't really look like scoring prior to that. So, yeah, very enjoyable.
0: Yeah, and I think we didn't really see enough of those. I mean, I can probably count on one hand. I can really remember one or two sources of performances like that where we came out with... A point or three last season when we played bad, scrappy, crap championship football. And I don't, you don't want that to become your style like some of the teams in this league, but sometimes you've got to do that. So, yeah, it is still rewarding to come away with a point when we were pretty below par.
1: Yeah, I, it's probably the most excited I've been about a draw since um, the 2 2 at Derby way back when. Um, that which, yeah, um, which a lot of people have said was almost the pivotal pivotal result for our season. I'm not going to say that, by the way, for this season, although it's already panning out like a, a league where anyone can beat anyone apart from Bristol City and Reading, although I'm not 100% sure they'll be filling the top two places um, come the end of the season. And you mentioned, uh, yeah, what it would have been like for the away fans there. And, and can you imagine the away fans, several hundred of whom I would have imagined, who were already in a pub in, in Sheffield and how gutted they'd have been when that goal went in.
0: So, that's the kind of, I think, a pretty um, strong consensus there on the performance and hopefully a bit of a confidence boost going into the break with some of our players going away and, fingers crossed, not getting injured. Next thing I thought would be good to chat about, which um, obviously I'm sure everyone will have their own thoughts in terms of what you want to do on a personal level with your season ticket but this week given the situation with fans not really changing the club sent a um correspondence to everyone who's a season ticket holder about the situation with season tickets what they can do what will be happening going forward i guess in summary and and jump in if i'm missing anything guys but the i guess for me the top lines are you can ask for a refund. Or you can carry on your season ticket, and for every game that is um, watchable, which is home games and midweek away games, you will have minus ten pounds from now on from that credit, and whatever is left will roll over to next season and go towards a season ticket. I guess the two big things that stand out for me as the co- like key negatives, I guess, is if you already have a Sky Sports subscription like I do, you're essentially paying twice for games because you've already got them available on Sky. And the second thing is, which is also a situation with me and my family, is that I think it's a flat rate £10, no matter the age of the season ticket holder, which I from I know that I follow is £10 flat rate anyway, but just seems a little bit harsh. I know all the clubs are broke, EFL's broke, but those are the kind of things that stood out to me. I don't know what you guys think about it.
2: Um well I'm glad you explained it, Flo, because I, I sort of have had a cursory look at emails on that and didn't really understand what they were talking about, so I just kind of ignored it. I think uh, that's
0: right, but I would yeah, I would it, also look over it yourself just in case.
2: It, it sounds about right. It's um whatever they do, it's never gonna be they're not gonna get it right, are they? Um I'm still hopeful we will get back in this season. Um I see today that the um the Football League and the Premier League have both written the you old know, the so-called open letters trying to get fans back in and I mean you know, as Chris said earlier on you know, if people can go to cinemas to watch sport why can't we actually sit in the open air and watch it it's um yeah it's it's, it's you know it doesn't it, I mean football it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right at the moment I mean I'm not saying that no one else is not thinking here but it's um I mean in many ways for some of you to go to matches it's not about it's about the football but it's not about the football it's about you know the, the kind of um, what we do around the football, where we meet before, where we go afterwards, where we sit, you know, who you say hello to, who you have a chat with, having a beer at half, all these kind of things. And everyone has their own different rituals that they do. And um, I hate watching games on stream. I hate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like not it. it's fun. It's not. I don't fun like
2: at all. it. And often you have, you know, I'm watching while working and Twitter's on and you know, where I sit, I know most people around me and, you know, they're a kind of a fairly um, positive bunch, shall we say, because, you know, every bloke that you kind of can't stand in the ground sitting near you, seems to be on Twitter moaning about everything. And <laughs> just, do you know what I mean? It just kind yeah, of yeah, and no. mad and I just want to get back into the ground and watch matches and as yes, it was. Um, and I, I really, you know, this government, I mean, I'm not getting political either, but this government has shown a, you know, predilection for the U-turn, so you do hope that you know, enough pressure can be put forward by you know the the leagues and the clubs, and you know at least let some of us back in.
0: Yeah, you know, and I like, think it's I
2: madness. Said... You can go, you know, they're calling to open up cinemas and support your cinema. Well, you know, sitting in the open air and there's plenty of open space at Loftus Road. You know, I mean, we don't feel the ground that often, do we? I sit, you kind of, like, I'm up aloft, and you know the seats are so cramped. We usually kind of have two seats between us anyway.
0: Yeah, I think I think we are reaching a bit of a turning point on that. And like you said, in recent days, the the government have been flip flopping everywhere. Cinema World announced it's going to close all its cinemas in the UK, and suddenly Boris Johnson says everyone needs to go to the cinema. So I think we are maybe reaching breaking point for Premier League, EFL, FA, FA, who have a fair amount of power in the UK but it's about putting enough pressure on. And I think, I think with what's happened today with the letter, which you can read on the EFL website, if you go on their Twitter page, they've posted it, which essentially says like, you know, you're opening up theatre venues, you're potentially going to have thousands of people in the Royal Abbott Hall, yet you can't have something, you know, we can't have a couple of thousand people in open air stadium. So I'm hoping that they'll kind of realise their own stupidity eventually and realise that even just having a couple of thousand fans can make a huge difference even you know because if they as well as the tickets they start buying beer food whatever it is going to be huge and also for the players like it must be Mm. so miserable you mentioned the size of Hillsborough must be so miserable playing football and having no energy and they've been doing it for so long now that I I can imagine it must be so crap because you've got nothing to feed off and some of the games we've seen this season maybe outside of, of some of our own games, but in other teams, especially one of the games I covered, AFC Wimbledon and Plymouth, that was four all, some absolute screamers. And I was thinking, no one's going to get to see this. That was at mm. Loftus Road, but no one's going to get to see this. And it's such a shame. And I think we, we're reaching a bit of a turning point now where it's kind of now or never. And the reality of the situation's kicked in that, well, if you're actually asking people to, to engage in culture, this is part of culture in England, and it's time that they change their mind on it. Chris,
1: you're on mute, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, yeah, first on the point that you can, you'll be out of our beers and other stuff. Well, not at the moment, because I think the away plans are getting, away players are getting changed in the blue and white, but um, hopefully. <laughs>
0: oh, well, that's true. And actually, um, hygiene wise, they might stop people doing. Um, yeah, but, but,
1: nothing that stop, stuff, but nothing to stop me getting one beforehand. Um, just um, to clear something up for me. So, if you got to see you said they deduct 10 pounds for every game is that is that every game you watch or just every game full stop because
0: every game full stop so at the beginning of the season if you were a season ticket holder you got sent a voucher to watch every home game and midweek away game and as far as i'm aware from now on because the i follow flat rate is 10 pounds mm-hmm. 10 pounds will now be subtracted from your basically credit now so you've got the equivalent of your season ticket on your qpr account and they'll subtract 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 10 pounds per game from that credit so it's probably around what 500 something pounds ish depending on your age and whatever um so as far as i'm aware that's how it'll work or you could just ask for an entire refund now but you obviously won't have access to the games so that is a sort of a cost covering exercises because because initially they thought that when they handed out the codes they weren't going to be streaming for so long and they obviously set up the whole bubble thing and there was going to be ballots and because of the situation with us only having around 5,000 season ticket holders it was actually going to be quite easy for everyone to get in the ground so they probably didn't foresee this and now that this has happened, it's kind of thrown everything out. And I imagine most clubs are doing something very similar. I haven't really talked to my friends who are other EFL club season tick holders, but I imagine it's a similar scenario.
1: Well, I I can see where the club's coming from because, uh, in in some ways, because basically I haven't got any other revenue coming in. Um, You know, I I mean, you know, you've got no pay on the gate. You've got, um, you know, those people that do keep the season tickets will probably halve. Um, I find it weird that you have to pay ten pound for every game, even if you don't watch it. But I, I, I guess that's the sort of nature of a season ticket as well. But I'm just interested what what you two guys are doing. I mean, I, I think I'm probably keeping mine on for now, in the hope, like Ian said, and like you said, that that the grounds are going to start letting people in soon. But I, what are you guys doing? Well, I've I think quite... you've
0: got you've got until Friday, and I'm discussing it with my family. But I imagine we'll just roll over carry on as is and obviously whatever credit's left use it towards next season I think yeah I, think
2: I mean yeah, everyone you know is interested to in their own isn't it but I mean I, I've, I've said to them I'm happy to kind of keep mine you know it's it's one of them really you kind of it means giving back my season ticket if it means they're going to buy players and make the squad better then I'm, I'm quite happy to do it yeah
1: now, I'm the yeah. same. I think I'll do that. But, I mean, there's obviously some people, who, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Not
2: everyone's like in a position to do that. So,
1: What I would like to see is some sort of provision for... Because I know QPR do that throughout the season. You, you, they, they, They'll give out tickets. And I've done it before. I've, I've emailed them and said, I can't, you know, I'm on holiday for tickets, I can't go. Can you give it to someone, um, you know, who wouldn't normally be able to afford to go? So I wonder if there's anything they could do with that so that people, you know, who can't afford a season ticket... Like a few games a season they'd be able to just get a free pass it's just an idea but
0: like a streaming pass
1: for now yeah because it's like you know it's all very well for us it to lucky enough well i mean you know i I say afford it i mean it's it's still not cheap but um you know we've got that option but some people haven't so i I just wonder if that that's an idea whether the club could think about you know having a giving a couple of days
0: Chris, I worry that if you give someone a, a access to a QPR plus stream as a, a incentive they're never going to want to come back that's that's going to turn them off for life <laughs> I think it's not quite the yeah. experience
2: good shout good shout <laughs> um, but the thing about it was that all, all the clubs spent a lot of money getting the grounds kind of covid ready yeah and sanitizers yeah. and everything and you know, at the last minute the rug was pulled and yeah you know obviously what's going on in the world is very serious and health has to come first but I think You know, we're at a stage now where really wealth, in some ways, has to kind of take a sort of more a front step. Not just for football, but across the board. um You know, it's it's hard, isn't it? It really is hard. But you know, don't have away fans and just let if we can get five thousand in there, just it's something, it's something, isn't it? You know, it will never be the same as not
1: yeah it would just be like going to a league cup game basically won't it well
0: exactly and also as far as i'm aware all those test events that they did do i haven't read anything about a huge kind of case and obviously we don't know that test and traces it's not that um, effective but i haven't heard of a massive case of everyone who went to the chelsea brighton test event suddenly getting coronavirus and getting a message that someone near them got it so as far as as I'm aware all those test events went pretty well and a lot of people I spoke to who went to them or read about going to them were all felt pretty safe and so much of what we've been through in this pandemic is about individual responsibility so it's about if we do get the green light it's obviously up to the individuals and fans who are going to games to make those conscious important decisions about well if you've been you know around anyone that's got COVID obviously don't come. you know the hygiene etc etc I think the only thing for me with London teams is that transport element obviously QPR sometimes you can find somewhere to park on a Saturday for free Hampstead and Fulham no Saturday parking limits but also you know cramming in on the central line so that's the only thing I think with London places where there aren't Enough spaces to park, and the tube's going to be crammed. You you have to kind of think about that a little bit. But in the EFL letter, they do reference about putting things in place to you know, extra parking and whatever it may be to ensure that there wouldn't be an issue.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I'm very, I'm generally very worried about the whole future of football. There's a again, yeah. the thinking me thinks that Sky are delighted by this having staggered matches in the Premier League, you know, the show games yeah. get 12 3. Five and eight—it's their kind of what they want—and I really do worry that we might see in two, three years' time, or even sooner, that clubs in League League Two and League One and League Two are, you know, become part-time, and you know, before you know it, it's going to be, you know, Palace are playing Fulham in Dubai on a Friday night, and it becomes like this, like the NFL in many ways—you know, taking games around the world—and it becomes more of a television sport than. You know, than a, than a spectator sport, so to speak. Um, you know, I mean, if the government are not going to give a bailout to football clubs, and you know, the Premier League are putting all sorts of, you know, provisos in reasons for not giving money to the EFL clubs, then they have to kind of think about opening the doors safely and you know, letting people back in because literally, there will be we may not, we may lose ten, fifteen clubs, you know, before yeah. the end of the year, and there's something happens.
0: Yeah, and, and that is that is the reality of the situation. And that's why I think the more pressure that the individual clubs and the leagues put on um, you know the, the people that matter, the the Secretary of State for Sport and the Government, then I mean fingers crossed they've they've got to they've got to do something and they've got to do something soon. Um, another aspect of this kind of um, slowdown on fans coming back is the cardboard fan initiative, um, which I know isn't for everyone. Uh, when I went to Kenilworth Road, it was probably one of the creepiest things I've ever seen, um, and it's even worse when the sun goes down and you just see lots of like cardboard heads in the shadows. God but um, it's another revenue stream, um, and anything that you guys will be partaking in.
1: Well, for me personally, um, so just to just so people people who don't know, it's on the it's on the official website, but it's twenty five pound. For a 74 by 46 centimeter cardboard cutout of yourself. (laughs) Um, So, depending on. And do you
0: you get to keep it afterwards, Chris? And you you get to
1: frame it. And you get to keep it afterwards. I think it's going to be in the lower loft, maybe the upper loft as well. I can't remember. Um, But yeah, um, I I mean, I think I've certainly got no desire to. see my own face in a cardboard cup. <laughs> I'm sure that I'd maybe do what, you know, pay 25 quid for each of the kids. I think that's probably the way I'd get around it. Dress, put them in the QPR shirt, put them in there. Um But again, I think it's, it's a bit naff and it's a bit creepy, but if it's going to bring in revenue, you, you've got to think on your feet and you've got to yeah, use.
0: You've got to be creative. don't You You
1: have really. And I, I don't think, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm sort of, I did have a quick look on loft for words before we came on. There was a few suggestions. One, one suggested like a, um, scantily clad supermodel whichever way the opposition's shooting to put them off when they were in on goal uh, one of them said the brentford announcer um <laughs> which would be quite funny that was good. um uh a chelsea fan yeah and and, and 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 for me it'd be to make it authentic for the people in front of me you'd have to bring them in after 10 minutes 10 minutes after kickoff and bring, and then standing in front of the screen <laughs> for a minute until they'd taken their seats, so you would get the real proper experience. But yeah, I mean, jokes aside, I, I you know I think I'll do that if I you know again got to look at the finances, but probably do do, do it for the kids. I think. Yeah. Ian, you obviously
0: you covered used to cover Aussie sports a lot, and they had some interesting characters appearing in their stands, didn't they? People yeah, it, maybe abusing the system, shall we say?
2: Yeah, it was an initiative I started in the NRL in Australia, and. Um, I think it's quite amusing that Dominic Cummings actually ended up in, the, in in the crowd at a Canberra Raiders game. I think it was. And, uh,
1: I bet he denied he was there. It's the height of
2: you know um, eyesight gate kind of, um, which is quite amusing. And I think Osama bin Laden turned up in a Brisbane game, so he got a bit out of hand. But it was. Um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But, yeah, um... you could have some fun. You it have some fun with it for sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sure there'd be a vetting process where. Uh, you know, yeah. so, so. As,
2: as I say, I mean, if, if the Premier League and the, the Football League are joining forces to kind of put pressure on the government, you do hope that something can be done. Just you know, and yeah, just just something really give us. I mean, a bit. Some bit of the players are actually dying to be abused. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you
0: know what? I was thinking, I wanted to ask a player who's played, at, you know, I think they had them at Ellen Road towards the end of, well, in restart, because obviously they needed to get themselves over the line just in case they bottle it again. But I really want to chat to a fan about actual, or a player to actually know if it does make a difference. Is there some kind of optical illusion where you feel like the fans are there? Or is it, because with the fake crowd noise as well combined, do you think it does make it feel like they're there? Or do you think, no, not at all, you still know they're not there?
2: No, I wouldn't think so. I don't know.
0: We'll <laughs> have to. We'll have to ask someone. We'll, we'll I've got, to mean, you've been to
2: the you've been to the ground floor during lockdown. What, what's that crowd noise like? Actually, being there is it? Is it um, it's
0: very. It's not very realistic, <laughs> but um, it's interesting. I think. I think it's. I think it's better than having. Um, and whoever is operating it does do it at good times. So you know, if 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 Rangers are maybe building a bit of momentum, he'll play a sort of like common URs, you know, one. And if there's been a good defensive move, then he'll play like a little clap. Um, But I do, and I do think with the goalkeeping situation, it does help not having fans there because they would be hooting and hollering about whoever was passing out from the back, not very well. I think that's Mm -hmm. been a good thing on, on kind of all accounts, but yeah, it's, 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 not very realistic would be my only thing, but actually Glenn Hodges, the AFC Wimbledon manager, he loves it because they didn't have anything like that. Obviously um, when league one was, was stopped and um, he asked specifically for them to put it on for their games at Loftus road. And he's really enjoyed it. He thinks it's really lifted his team. Whereas I think a lot of people are quite skeptical and critical of the fake noise and hate it. But he said he noticed such a difference from the very first game that, that they played with the fake crowd noise at Loftus Road, it, it made a massive difference for players. So well,
1: that's interesting. And um, I, I presume there's not any negative noise. Then, so if like a keeper lets in a howler, or <clears throat> there's a bad mistake, there's not groans and. Uh,
0: they, d- I think there is a, there is a, a sound effect which is like bad referee decision, which is sort of like whistling. Yeah. So they've got like one one for every option, and they normally time it pretty well. Um, yeah. So I think it's 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 all right. I think it, I think it's better than silence. I think silence yeah. is a bit eerie.
2: There was a It'd nice funny p- from uh, after that Sheffield Wednesday atrocity last <laughs> season. Instead so of played booze at the end of that one, because uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You
1: know, <laughs> there was a nice comment from Neil Warnock. Um, they they just I was on Five Live last night, I think, and um, they asked him about the not, not not having the crowds, and and he said he just like I just like to hear myself being booed off one more time. <laughs>
0: Well, exactly, yes. For some people, it's, um, it's part of their fabric, isn't it? They love it. They they um, thrive off it. Um, one more thing to chuck in before we get on to ours end. Obviously, I haven't got any predictions because it's an international break, but um, fairly um, quickly before we started the pod, um, there, QPR announced um, a couple of players who are going out on loan, all young players, and one of them is a player who a lot of people have talked about, I think, which is Joe Gubbins, And um, he's going to Oxford City on a one-month loan deal. Um, Aaron Drew is also going to Oxford. Uh, Charlie Kendall and Kai Woolard Innocent, great name, have joined Eastbourne Borough on initial one-month loan deals. They're all very short. And then Marcin Brozowski has joined uh, Biliriki Town, uh, who always hit the headlines for their situation and they've obviously got Jamie O'Hara leading um, them as manager so yeah just a couple of um couple of updates from the club on those and I feel like out of that lot yeah Joe Gubbins was the one who who kind of got the most attention last season but obviously short-term deal so he, he could come back in at, at any moment really.
2: Yeah I'd I'll, 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 I'll imagine there'll be a few more to, to follow them out the door as well I think um I think the signings of, you know, Willick and um, Adoma that potentially has pushed um Paul Smith and uh should he down the pecking order? So maybe they'll probably see their them either move permanently or um you know on loan, which you know is all part of the squad trimming, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I'm kind of I kind of want I mean I like the idea of Paul Smith being a bit of a super sub when other teams are feeling a bit tired and leggy, sort of chucking him on. But um, yeah, I am I, I would like to see him stay for the majority of the season. Obviously, this year, we've got the introduction of the new 25-man um, squad limit in the EFL. So I imagine that pushes a bit more pressure, especially on teams like Forrest, who seem to have a 40-man squad, <laughs> and how they're going to come under 25, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I, I, I sort of feel the same with you about Smith. I mean, when the, you know, when we saw him a couple of seasons ago, I think he was like, he sort of got the crowd on their feet a bit. And I, I, I don't think anyone really had a bad word to say I mean, He was quite exciting. He's quite quick. and Like you say, coming off the bench, I think he caused problems. The thing you've got is like with this sort of revolving door of managers we've had is that some people fancy him, some people don't. And, and you'd imagine that that, that that he's not high in the, on the Warburton pecking list at the moment. But I do, yeah, I do feel sorry. That That's the one player from that. I, I haven't seen enough of Gubbins to make a proper judgment. But um, I haven't seen, when I've, I have seen him, I haven't thought, oh my God, he's dreadful. He needs to go out on loan. But the, the interesting thing about it is all the clubs you mentioned, Oxford City, Eastbourne, they're all not non-league clubs.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: it's, um, I, I, I I mean, you'd have thought, you know, they might be going to, yeah, maybe League One, League Two.
2: But, yeah, it's uh, quite common now, though, I think, that, that kind of non-league, thing they.
0: Progress it up to. Yeah, and, and last season we had I think three players at, um, out. Uh, was that Ricky with Jamie O'Hara? So I think they they obviously feel like it's a good it's a good development place for them, and perhaps you know puts less pressure on them than rather going to a team. And also maybe a lot of teams in the EFL might not want them. No offense, Ooh. but <laughs> um, <laughs> you gotta like you know if they're if they haven't really got any. First team football experience, then I can imagine it's, you know, what's the point in bringing them in just to be a, a squad? Yeah, line? maybe. I mean, interesting,
1: you mentioned Bill Ricky. We were doing a couple, two or three seasons ago, we were going to be doing a big documentary on them. It didn't happen for various reasons, but I spent spent quite a time at Glenn Tamplin's house, the owner at the time. Oh, and he's,
0: he's absolutely lunatic, isn't he? On the
1: Bill Ricky team bus, and yeah. I mean, I can't really repeat. He's, it.
0: he's got a new, he's got a new club though. Also yeah, Romford now. Yeah, Romford.
1: Yeah. But it's just, I mean, just seeing inside his house is, you know, it's. Let's just say, if I had ten million pounds, I could have probably done it a little more tastefully. But you know, <laughs> fairly. Well, <much>. it- <laughs> was playing there, managing or playing? Guess he was playing there when I yeah. went there. Jamie O'Hara was playing. Um, they had, yeah, they had all sorts of people. But yeah, it was um, it, it was a shame it got pulled because I thought it was going to be really interesting. And and he he sort of couldn't help but like Glenn Tamplin because he he, he was quite. A, but just yeah, it, it was just just some weird stuff. I'll tell you about it another time. Anyway, that's <laughs> completely irrelevant to QPR. So we will stop now.
2: Well, uh, um, interestingly enough, I heard the other day that David, um, two years ago, when Glenn Smith, the end of that season, the, holiday, the season Holloway got sacked. Um, Peterborough actually offered 600 grand for Smith. Whoa! And uh, it was turned down. Um,
0: might have been.
2: Yeah, you kind of look at it now and think, well, huh, well I mean, what, I, I for him now, but um, I,
0: I've always liked him, and I hope he gets a, another
2: chance. Yeah, he kind of. Um, yeah, I mean that that goal against Cardiff was special, wasn't it? it was a, but um, but yeah, McLaren didn't fancy him and it looked on like Warburton it's in a similar way, and um, yeah. And yeah, so I just don't think Shalipo's probably been there long enough now. I don't think he's going to get any better than he is, is he? So I think.
0: No, exactly. Um, I well, we, I feel like we've come to a natural conclusion after finding out so much about Billericay Town that it's probably time to go. Um, <laughs> Chris, do you want to kick things off with um, your end?
1: Yeah, it's it's about Billericay. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, no I just wanted to say happy 70th birthday to Dave Thomas um, he's a proper QPR legend um, and um, not many times I'm, I'm glad to be an old git but uh, I'm so happy I did get to see him play with those famous socks rolled down to his ankles I mean he's an absolute brilliant player and, and, and a really nice fellow he's been on the podcast a few times I met him when he did his book signing last season um, and, you, and you really couldn't hope to meet a nicer bloke he's, he's obviously been played with like Health problems, you know, particularly, you know, obviously the fact, that, you know, that he's 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 gone practically blind, um, but he he's despite all of that, he's 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 like he's he's in good spirits. He's a, he's a nice fellow, and I just hope that he was able to enjoy his 70th birthday uh, in the manner befitting of such a QPR legend. So happy birthday, Dave.
0: Ian,
1: um, I was just going to say, really. The, I mean this, this transfer window we're
2: actually spending some money so there's no money coming in we're in the middle of a pandemic but you you can't kind of, the last couple of years of good good housekeeping so to speak you know not no money's really been spent but you can't you can't claim they're not pushing the boat out this this season. I mean I think Liam Kelly's the only player we've signed for actually a fee I think for probably two years prior to this window and we've had two million on dykes, and a million odd on bond and two signings yesterday and so um so yeah they obviously believe think that Wilburton has showed enough last year to uh give him some money to spend and I have to say it's probably probably well deserved that you know he's got the chance now to bring some guys in for some decent money and uh, let's see how we go.
1: Yeah he's probably I mean with as uh depending on what you believe I think it's 16 million initially so it's probably 11 million in the red from 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 uh sorry in the black from from those transfers as well um but yeah I, I paying, they don't get paid that doesn't get paid up front they pay out over. oh i know that yeah 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 um, but i mean yeah i'm I'm talking like yeah, yeah generally if it was yeah, if, yeah. If you, you know, because i don't know if ours gets paid all all at once either the, the money we laid out yeah. um but yeah i mean I, I, I concur with that and i think it has it has i think we've had a really decent window actually I, I i did i know we're going now but i did write down all the ins and outs and i bet i can't find them now um but um no you're right i can't find them now <laughs> oh here we go so we we've lost Eze hall leisner pew Rangell and hugel and got in dickie dykes thomas amos Bon, carol Adomar, and and willock so i don't think that's too bad i know amos has been questionable the last couple of games but maybe with these sign-ins he can be you know we can have a bit of a switch around and maybe chair can be the number 10 <clears throat> um he can drop back
0: yeah i think i think yeah all in all that to be fair they do deserve a lot of credit and we've already proved so much of the narrative at the start of the season was oh, qpr won't be able to cope without Eze, and actually we've already sort i think proved people wrong in that sense because not the best starts of the season, but we've had a fair amount of goals, so I mm. think that that's that's a, that's an important point to make. And after the Plymouth game as well, the narrative was, "Oh my God, who's going to score?" Because only our fullback scored. So we've already sort of fought off that negativity, and I imagine we'll probably finish fourteenth, thirteenth, fifteenth again. But you know, we're not going down, and in the middle of pandemic, I think that's the main thing. Um, Chris. Your Oz End gave me inspiration because I didn't have one. So uh-huh. I'm going to shout out to a different Dave Thomas. Um, the Kick Up The Arts digital subscription is still available for anyone that hasn't yet got it. It is really good. Um, it comes into your inbox every month. And best thing is that you can just sit there and read it. And I never have cash on me. So even better that it's now digital because it means I can get it without to worry about cash so yeah all the details are on Dave's um, twitter page and you can sign up and obviously another important resource for fans that unfortunately has been impacted by the pandemic so if you can also do that and also podcasts very own Love for words it has now launched a patron i don't know if we've promoted it on the pod but um I've subscribed to it it's really good because also if you're like me and you're a bit lazy about reading, you get all the really good interviews as a podcast as an audio so the hilarious interview with Warburton that Clive did you can listen to that whole thing as an audio um all the little funny interactions and um, awkwardness between them you get to hear that um on a play-by-play and also I think um I think Clive has a has another audio coming out soon you can pay what you want on that on Patreon so as much as you want to give um, I'm sure Clive will be really grateful. So yeah, those two um, are available. One is on Patreon. One is on uh, a separate website. But you can go on their Twitter, and I'm sure find all the details. And Chris,
1: yes, I was just going to say. Well, first of all, yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, yeah, another Dave Thomas legend. There's only two Dave Thomases. Um, so I think what you haven't mentioned is the episode sponsor, Warren O'Reilly.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. Whose
1: message is? I just wanted to reach out from Boston. Huge fan. West London boy. Ex Acton, Ealing, Whistler under 10 club man I'm reading this you can tell this is the first time I've read this out I'm, on the year under Tess Gallon's tutelage yes <laughs> this podcast brings me back home and all the banter makes me laugh every week my mate Tim Conley from Saint, Saint Louis is an av- avid QPR fan and we watched the Morris Gold in the pub in Missouri and proceeded to buy a bottle of champagne for all in the bar at full time which was one table of two women at 10am if possible I was
0: gonna say drinks must be cheap in St Louis then geez
1: if possible, I wanted to dedicate this pod to my newest cousin, the QPR fan, Lucy Thomas, born in Hamwell. Over the opening weekend in a world where QPR were top of the league. Thank you, all you. Thank you for all you do, and me and Tim will see you at the next live pod in London. Come on, you super hoopsa. There you go.
0: Awesome. That's a very nice message. Thank you, Chris, um, and thanks for your support and love. Those little anecdotes and um, yeah, great. A legendary. Um, yeah, acting with Ealing Whistler under tensor. I remember it well. So, what, a, <laughs> what legacy you left at the club? And with that, I think, I think that's it. Really. Um, obviously, we're all going to take a bit of a break with um, the international break. And um,
2: news just in, by the way, Chris Hughton's been appointed the Forest manager with Lamucci being sacked. Oh, oh a more well.
0: more fun and games at Forest, and they sold they, they they didn't sell sorry they didn't sell anyone, but they um they signed uh, another player yet another player yesterday, um it's ridiculous so that 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 whole thing is just bad, but anyway yeah breaking nudes on the pod,
1: way um,
0: and uh, yeah we'll we'll see you in a bit thanks as always for listening and um, see you soon. <laughs>
1: We are